Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, a large number of people have found themselves displaced back into Australia working remotely. What do these taxpayers and their employers need to be aware of from a tax perspective moving into FY 2021? Hi, my name is Terry Hoban and I'm a director in our people services practice at KPMG and I'm joined today by Priscilla Tang, a director in our people service practice as well. Many employees working or seconded overseas were brought back to Australia by the COVID-19 pandemic. Many have been unable to return to their usual overseas work locations and have seen their stay in Australia extended whilst continuing to perform their overseas roles remotely. Many also do not have a certainty on a return date. With the movement of people across borders come unique tax and compliance challenges for employees and their employers. Priscilla, what are the biggest challenges that are facing displaced employees in Australia? Thanks, Terry. While safety has been the primary focus, individuals who find themselves in Australia for what was to be weeks, but has turned into months, need to consider the impact on their Australian filing obligations. Individuals who normally live overseas will need to consider whether the time in Australia has meant that they've become a tax resident of Australia at some point and are therefore taxable on a worldwide basis. Identifying whether a person is a tax resident of Australia can be quite complex as Australia does not have a bright line test for residents, but an analysis needs to be undertaken as to whether the individual's facts and circumstances are such that they satisfy one of the four tests of Australian tax residents. Secondly, even in the situation where an individual is able to demonstrate that they continue to be a non-resident of Australia for tax purposes, where they are working remotely in Australia for a temporary period, an analysis should also be undertaken to determine whether the employment income is considered Australian sourced because the Australian sourced employment income will be taxable even for a non-resident of Australia. These issues are also just as relevant for foreign employers who need to comply with its employer obligations in Australia when it comes to things like PAYG withholding if the employment income is taxable. Employers should also not forget as well that other employment obligations exist such as superannuation guarantee, payroll tax and workers' comp obligations in respect of the remote workers working in Australia. In addition, the longer the arrangement, there should also be consideration of what the employee is actually doing while they're in Australia and whether there is any permanent establishment risk for the foreign employer. So Terry, is that also consistent with what you are seeing uh, with your client base? And how do you see your clients manage these things in practice? Yeah, definitely uh, at the start of the pandemic, the employee safety and welfare and business continuity was a paramount and the main focus. And because of that, a lot of my clients really took a, a wait and see approach to dealing with displaced employees and the, the tax compliance that's associated with that. As the pandemic uh, evolved, however, 
there has been a need to look at displaced employees and to manage their uh, tax and other risk obligations. And so what we've helped a lot of clients with is, is putting in place procedures to manage that compliance. So for example, one of our clients in the resourcing sector, um, we help them put together a questionnaire that they're sending out to all of their displaced employees that helps them analyze and determine what their tax obligations are. And on the back of that, what the obligations of the employer are from a reporting and withholding perspective. I think the challenges for a lot of my clients have been um, understanding where in the business ownership of displaced employees sit, because it is one of those things that um, touches upon a number of different areas, including uh, payroll, HR, uh, tax, finance, as well as uh, risk management. Um, one of the uh, other trends that we've been seeing uh, recently is uh, some employers have started to draw a bit of a line in the sand where if previously they had displaced employees um, who are working outside of their home country, they have been um, encouraging these employees to either look for a different role in that location or if the employee um, is not able to find a role, the additional obligations and, and costs that arise for the employer, the employees are putting the, the employers are putting those costs back onto the employee to um, to cover. And so uh, that's what we've seen as well as employers really starting to draw a bit of a line in the sand. And that's simply because the the costs and administrative burden of complying um, with the employer obligations for these displaced employees was just becoming a bit too much. And so Priscilla, you've been having some discussions with the ATO on some of these matters since February. What's the ATO's take on all of this? Thanks, Terry. It's my observation that the ATO have been proactive in considering and providing guidance for taxpayers and companies in relation to COVID-19 displacement. We've been sharing with the ATO of what we are seeing in the community to assist with the development of the guidance for individuals and their employers. At the outset of the pandemic, the ATO released guidance in relation to the impact of COVID-19 on residency and the source of employment income for remote workers in Australia. This was certainly a welcomed relief as it allowed concessions for non-residents of Australia who ordinarily perform their duties abroad, but are stuck in Australia due to COVID and are performing those duties temporarily in Australia. However, as things have progressed and the pandemic has lasted a lot longer than first thought, there's been an increase in expectation from the ATO that employers and employees will need to manage their tax obligations appropriately. For example, the guidance was updated by the ATO to make it clear that foreign employers who have employees who are taxable in Australia and who are still here in Australia beyond 30 June 2020, foreign employers will need to register for the usual employer obligations. Complex situations have of course arisen and hence where individual circumstances are not so straightforward, taxpayers are encouraged to consider applying for a private binding ruling to obtain a level of clarity and certainty around their circumstances. Terry, there was a recent case on residency, the Addy case. How does that case impact things and the application of the residency rules? 
Yeah, it uh, seems to be a bit of coincidence. There has been a few cases recently coming down on residency. And the Addy case in particular, this was mainly about uh, backpackers and the application of the backpacker tax and whether or not the ATO could impose that tax on backpackers under some of the double tax agreements. So that was the main issue in that case. However, there was an aside as part of that case in relation to the application of the 183-day residency test. And the case served as a good reminder of the application of that test. And that is simply that if someone is in Australia for more than 183 days in a tax year, the starting point should always be that they're residents unless they can clearly show that their usual place of abode is outside of Australia. And this will become more and more of an issue for displaced employees towards the end of this year in January of next year as they tick over the 183 days in the fiscal 2021 tax year. And so once they tick over, they will need to meet that additional criteria of having their usual place outside of Australia to be able to continue to argue that they're non-residents of Australia. Um, this was also highlighted in a recent uh, AAT decision, uh, Gurney and the, the Tax Commissioner, and it really brought to the forefront the importance of being able to evidence your intention. In the Gurney case as well, it was about backpackers, but it was where someone was on a working holiday visa for nine months in Australia. However, they were found to be tax residents because they were able to clearly evidence an intention to reside in Australia longer term. And so it really highlights that although the residency tests, a lot of the criteria are based on the intention of the individual, being able to evidence that intention is crucial. So Priscilla, if we take a step back and look forward beyond COVID-19 and the pandemic, uh, and if we look at the new ways of working that are evolving, what, what do you think organisations should be thinking about? That's another interesting question. As we ponder this and look beyond COVID-19, a flexible working model may become the new norm for many. To compete for key talent at a global level, employers may need to implement remote working, work from anywhere policies to attract and retain staff in locations around the globe. What we have seen through the pandemic is that it has fast forward some of those discussions in relation to employers allowing employees to work remotely and balancing their personal commitments and preferences. As a result, residency and source issues currently at the forefront of displaced employees due to the pandemic will continue to be a focus over the coming years for tax authorities globally. Efforts now by businesses in meeting compliance obligations for displaced workers may serve as a basis for managing future working arrangements in the post-COVID world. The traditional way of viewing employment income sourcing, which is based on physical location of the employee performing the duties, may be something that we will see challenged in the coming years. For many professions, the local uh, location of the employee has become irrelevant and shouldn't perhaps not be the predominant factor which drives source of employment income. And what we might find is that there is a deeper look into factors such as who is benefiting from the work that's being performed and a broader alignment to transfer pricing principles. Great. 
Well, many thanks for your time today, Priscilla. And if anyone has any similar challenges or would like to um, share their, uh, their feedback with us, we encourage you to get in touch. Many thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights, for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.